Welcome to you wherever you're at, whomever you're with. We are so very glad that you are here with us for these few moments this weekend. Before we jump into today's teaching, I do want to make a couple of announcements. We are trying to fortify and build up our prayer teams here at the church. If you're someone who uh, is comfortable talking to God on behalf of others, asking, seeking, knocking, we need you. And uh, whether it would be joining others here at the church during the week, during our services, or meeting uh, someone uh, at home, or praying on your own, uh, we'd love to have you support what God is doing here in the church through your prayers. And uh, you can respond to that by sending an email to office at arlingtonfm.com. Simply mention prayer team and we will follow up with you. And then the last Sunday of this month, as we mentioned last week, October 31st is a uh, Halloween, and uh, we're going to capture that day for good uh, here at the church, and uh, we've, we've got a great family fun fest planned, and we'd love to have you join us. Uh, you could uh, bring your car, uh, decorate your trunk for trunk or treating, you could serve food, you could be available to interact with our guests, but mostly we're gathering to serve children, and if you'd like to join us, uh, just send us a note office at arlingtonfm.com. Mention October 31st, and again, we will follow up with you. Well, before we jump into our teaching, want to mention the version. If you haven't already discovered that great app, it's absolutely free. You can download it on your phone or your device. Uh, many translations of the Bible, topical reading plans, but also if you search under events, Arlington FM, you will find a complete set of notes for this weekend's message. Well, uh, I'm really excited. We're going to introduce a brand new teaching series this morning, and it's going to be a, an epic study through Paul's letter to the Romans. But to introduce the study, I want to use some other of Paul's words uh, from his letter to a church in the city of Colossae. And here's what he says, uh, giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And uh, here's Paul's logic uh, in, in this passage. He says we can live our entire lives giving joyful thanks to God because of what he's done for us, that he's uh, brought us out of what he says is the dominion of darkness and uh, into the kingdom of his beloved son. He's qualified us to share in the inheritance of his holy people. Now, I don't know all that that means, but it sounds really good to share in the inheritance of God's holy people in the kingdom of light. And it would suggest that anything that God has ever done on behalf of people, having a chosen people, giving them his promises, giving them a future and a hope that God has qualified us to be uh, included in that group. And, uh, uh, but also he says God has rescued us through our faith in Jesus Christ. He's rescued us from the dominion of darkness. Again, I don't know all that that entails, uh, but it sounds really bad. In fact, I know it would include oppression, misery, hopelessness, abuse, violence, uh, a, a lack of a future and a hope. Uh, God has taken us from that place in life 
and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we, we can be released from our sins, from our, our dark side, and be released into our future. You know, uh, that contrast uh, from no people to being the people of God, from living in the dominion of darkness to being in the kingdom of God's beloved son. It's kind of like this. Uh, this first picture is a, a heartbreaking uh, images uh, from these Haitian refugees, uh, really, who've been a nomadic people since the, the earthquake there several years ago. Uh, but uh, this, these images were taken uh, just a few months ago and uh, trying to make their way to a better country. Well, you could contrast those images with this one. You know, these are families who have a place in the world. They have a place for each other. Their needs are met, and they're enjoying uh, what many would consider the good side of life. And uh, those really pale in comparison to what Paul is saying that God has done for us through Jesus Christ and bringing us into the kingdom of his Son, uh, taking us out of the dominion of darkness and bringing us into the kingdom of Jesus. Uh, Paul says it very succinctly like this in Philippians 3, our citizenship is in heaven. And uh, it's an amazing reality that really should awaken joyful thanksgiving that regardless of what, whatever life throws our way, we know these things to be true. And uh, it really points to uh, an important reality of God's work in the world. And the reality is this, that his kingdom has already come, but it's not yet. It's approaching. Uh, people are experiencing it, but it hasn't yet fully come. And if you've been following Christ for any degree of time, you know there's that tension. You know that uh, God is doing something real uh, in your life, in your family, in the world, but you know it's not complete. It's not quite there yet. Uh, Jesus said it like this, uh, the light has come into the world, but the darkness has not overcome it. And uh, as he went about uh, his ministry of releasing people from their sins, healing people from their sicknesses, uh, he was introducing God's kingdom in our midst. Uh, he said, it's already happening. Some people are already entering in, though others are clueless about its reality. Well, those of us who know what Jesus is referring to, we can live our not yet lives with a sense of joyful gratitude because we know that what God has begun, he will complete. Uh, well, so we're calling this series in Paul's letter to the Romans, Dawn Treaders. Uh, dawn Treaders, and you might say, well, wh what's up with that uh, title? Well, the reality is uh, Paul's letter to the Romans, he's inviting people to step into this new day that because of what Jesus has done for them, there's an entirely new kingdom ethic. There's a new kingdom protocol. Uh, there's uh, blessings and duties and obligations and fullness to enter into, uh, but we can also get caught uh, in the kingdom that we're coming out of, the kingdom of this world. Well, uh, maybe you're a reader of uh, C.S. Lewis. You would certainly recognize the name Dawn Treader. In fact, uh, that title comes from the last book uh, in the Chronicles of Narnia series. 
and it's called The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. And uh, uh, in that last book, uh, there's a group of the kids and some heroes from uh, stories that came before. And, and in this particular book, they've set their sights on sailing to the land of Aslan, the great lion, the great king. And uh, one thing about this ship, the Dawn Treader, is it's always heading east. It's always heading towards the dawn because the dawn uh, speaks of this new day that God is bringing about even in the midst of the darkness. And uh, the journey toward this coming kingdom is a transformative one. It's one that changes each one of them on this dawn treader uh, ship. Uh, they go through their own personal challenges along the way. They get distracted. They get uh, detoured. Uh, but always they correct their course, they set their sail, and they're heading east toward the dawn. Uh, well, as we get into this series uh, in the book of Romans, uh, I want to just say this about the kind of people I believe that God is raising up, is stirring up to live in his kingdom. In fact, here's how I would describe real-time dawn treaders. They are people who live toward the kingdom of light, even in very dark times, in fact, especially in dark times. They've set their sail, they've navigated their course, and whatever else comes their way, dawn treaders are heading east. They're heading toward the horizon. They're heading towards that direction that speaks of God's coming kingdom. You might say it like this, dawn treaders are those who believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ is an open invitation. Uh, hear that? Those who believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ is an open invitation to live in God's wonderful and wonder-filled kingdom right now. Uh, that's the invitation uh, that the, the cross, the death, the resurrection, the exaltation of Jesus, he extends uh, for people to follow him and to live in God's kingdom now. And if you uh, really catch the heart of the Apostle Paul, as you read through this amazing letter uh, to the Romans, uh, you'll see uh, that's Paul's invitation, is that however dark and confusing and chaotic the times may be that we are living in as followers of Christ, uh, there's a new kingdom that has come upon us and we can orient toward and we can live uh, in the direction of that kingdom now. Well, uh, before we get in, uh, to the letter, uh, here's a few things about it. Uh, Romans is widely regarded as the most theocentric letter in the New Testament. And you say, well, that's a big word. What does that mean? Uh, theocentric means it's focused on God. Uh, Paul's letter to the Romans is a treatise about the nature of God, the story of God, the mighty acts of God, the plan of God, and God's will. As Paul will say in Romans 12, God's good and perfect will for each of our lives. In fact, the name God appears in his letter 153 times. Uh, see, Paul's letter to the Romans is about God, and it's a revelation of God. And, and here's what I believe to be fully true. If you'll hang with us, if you'll go through this uh, series with us, by the time we get to the end of Paul's letter, you will know exactly who God is, how God acts, what God expects of people, it's so clear that if we don't understand God's will for us, it's not because God hasn't made it clear. 
somewhere the breakdown is on the other end of things. So uh, in in Paul's theocentric letter to the Romans, uh, Jesus is the revelation of God. He's the continuation of the story of God, and we'll see that uh, played out as we go through the pages of this wonderful letter. Well, uh, here's the truth. Uh, not only is... Uh, is Paul's letter to the Romans the most theocentric letter? I happen to believe it's the most inspirational. It's filled with uh, truths that are meant to lift our spirits, encourage our hearts, and keep us moving in the direction of God's unfolding kingdom. Uh, listen to some of these wonderful uh, passages that emerge from this letter. Uh, Paul says, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who've been called according to his purpose. He asks the question, uh, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Uh, he who did not spare his own son, uh, but gave him up for us, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? And then, of course, in Romans 8, uh, Paul says, by Christ we can cry out to God, Abba, Father, Papa, Daddy. And he asks the question, what shall separate us from the love of Christ, uh, the love of God that is in Christ Jesus? And goes through this uh, wonderful declaration uh, that anything that life throws our way, we can be more than conquerors through him who loved us. Well, uh, Paul's letter to the Romans is not only the most theological and the most inspirational, but it's also extremely practical. Uh, not only does Paul talk about how to get right with God, he talks about how to get along with people that we don't agree with, uh, how to get along with other Christ followers who see the world differently than we do. He talks about how to esteem people whose faith may be weaker than our own. He talks about how to respond to government uh, that we may not uh, have voted for, they may not agree with, and what is a kingdom-oriented response to the governed authorities? Uh, uh, Paul will address how do we overcome self-sabotaging habits and addictions. He'll talk about how we overcome uh, thoughts that, that distance us from God's activity in our lives. How do we find hope in the midst of life's, mo dif life's most difficult challenges? Uh, how do we tap into God's purpose when life seems meaningful? How do we live in the favor of God's affection toward us? Uh, how do we access the riches of God's spirit in our daily lives? How do we love our neighbors as ourselves? And so uh, Paul's letter is profoundly theological. It's uh, incredibly inspirational, and it's extremely practical. And I would say this when you come to the, the end of Paul's letter to the Romans. He says, uh, come, come and join me. Uh, lean into this kingdom that God has initiated in the person of Jesus Christ. In fact, he says uh, in chapter 14, verse 17, the kingdom that God came to institute through Christ, it's not a matter of eating and drinking. It's not a matter of rituals and behaviors that uh, one is deemed right. And we'll see, uh, really, in the letter, uh, Paul is addressing Jewish followers of Christ and Gentile followers of Christ. And there's a clash of values and priorities and traditions. And uh, Paul will sum up uh, 
the kingdom that Jesus came to bring, it's not a matter of being right about uh, peripheral issues. He says uh, the kingdom that God came to bring is a matter of being right with God, at peace in the world, and experiencing joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans 14, verse 17 and 18. And uh, so here's really uh, my invitation, and I believe the invitation of the letter to the Romans is uh, God has brought you into the kingdom of light. He's brought us out of the dominion of darkness, out of oppression and misery, and into that place where we can experience his power and his might and his presence and his love. And uh, the invitation is this, now make a decision. Make a decision to live into that kingdom. Set your sail, uh, set your course, and regardless of what storms come our way and, and what detours we may find ourselves on, return to that point of orientation that says, I'm going to live into that kingdom that I've been brought into. And so uh, here we're going to, our starting point, and uh, we'll go back next week to the very beginning of Paul's letter, but our starting point uh, for this series is Romans chapter 13. And uh, Paul is kind of summarizing everything that he said about what God has done on our behalf. And uh, so he, he says this, whatever other commands there may be, they're all summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of everything that God expects from people. And, uh, and now he, he puts it in real time. He says, and do this. Uh, dedicate yourself to doing no harm to others and loving uh, others as you love yourself. He says, do this, understanding the present time. And you say, well, what, uh, what is the present time? Well, here it is. He says, the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Uh, the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So uh, Paul is, is shaking these followers of Christ who, who've become, uh, they've been dozing. They've fallen asleep at the wheel. Uh, rather than living into God's good kingdom, they're kind of uh, returning to old habits and dispositions and uh, still going through the motions. Uh, you know, the hour has already come, he says, for you to wake up from your slumber. <laughs> I set my alarm this morning for 4.30. Uh, knowing that there were some things I needed to do before we, uh, before we uh, did this message opening. And uh, when I woke up this morning and looked at my alarm clock, it was 5 o'clock, not 4.30, and the alarm didn't go off, and I had slept past it, and uh, realized right then, it's time to get up. It's not time to slumber, and it's that idea that Paul is, is kind of stirring, poking, pulling the covers off of these followers of Christ and saying, look, it's not a time to be sleeping. A number of years ago, I won't name this person, but uh, he's a member of my family, extended family. And uh, I'll say this, this was before he discovered uh, a life of following Jesus. You know, we had made arrangements to go skiing on the weekend and uh, I was to pick him up at 4 a.m. And uh, when I arrived at his house, uh, went around back where he lived in the basement, uh, it became apparent that he was not up. 
fact, he was about as sound asleep as you could possibly imagine. And uh, I banged on the door, no response. Fortunately, the door was unlocked. When I opened the door, I was taken back by the smell of alcohol. It smelled like I had stepped into a brewery, but uh, apparently he hadn't been in bed long at all. And now it's time to get up and go skiing. Well, uh, needless to say, it was hard to rouse him from his slumber and uh, he needed help getting underway. And uh, Paul, uh, towards the end of this amazing letter about the heart of God and the will of God and the purposes of God, says it's time to wake up from your slumber and get with the program of what God is up to. Uh, as a follower of Christ, uh, it's time to be living into his kingdom. He says these words, your salvation is nearer now uh, than when you first believed. And uh, that's kind of a, a hard one to get our brains around sometime. Uh, that what God is doing in us, uh, it's more further along than when we first started walking with him. Sometimes we think we're losing ground, uh, but that, that nullifies the faithfulness of God. Uh, in fact, Paul writes in some other letters uh, that God is committed to fulfilling his work in us. Uh, he will complete the good work he started in us. In fact, Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling for God's at work in, in you. And I know we lose touch with that sometimes, uh, especially when we're going through challenges, but God's probably doing more uh, internally in us than when we're skating through life and things are easy and comfortable. Uh, Paul goes on, he says, the reason we should wake up is the night is nearly over and the day is almost here. And again, it's easy to uh, think about when we're going through challenging times. How is the night almost over? Uh, it seems like we're engulfed in darkness at times. Uh, but Paul is saying, you know, that's really not reality. Uh, maybe the thoughts come to your mind. Uh, isn't it always darkest before the dawn? Well, the truth is, that's not true. Uh, really, it's, uh, it depends on what the moon's doing, depends on the cloud cover. Uh, so it, it's not really necessarily true that it's always darkest before the dawn. Incidentally, uh, there are three different definitions of dawn that are commonly used. Uh, one is called astronomical dawn, and it's the point at which it is possible to detect light in the sky uh, 18 degrees below the horizon. Uh, so the sun is surely coming up, but it's the very first hint of its arrival. That's astronomical dawn. Then there's nautical dawn. This is the point at which it's possible to see the horizon properly and to distinguish some objects. Maybe in uh, the Narnia story, you could look out and see the dawn treader uh, traveling east as the dawn, the hints of dawn, and this would be 12 degrees below the horizon, the sun. And then there's what's known as civil dawn, the point at which there's sufficient light for activities to take place without artificial light. And that may be subjective, uh, but this uh, civil dawn it really is what's known as six degrees below the horizon when the sun is almost here and its brilliance is beginning to change the landscape and we can actually be out and about without artificial light assistance. And I think that's a great picture of what Paul is saying uh, to these Christ followers. He's saying, look, 
Uh, it's time to wake up. It's time to quit acting as though God's kingdom through the person of Jesus hasn't been initiated. And we can be living into that now. In fact, is the night's almost over. The day's almost here. And you can look around and see the hints of it everywhere. Uh, you know, I was uh, thinking about some of my worst nights. You probably had them. Uh, you could probably mention a few of them, but I remember when I was uh, a teenager just out of high school, some friends and I went uh, camping at a place called Triangle Lake, and uh, we found a kind of a community party that evening, a big event at the, uh, at the local town center, and uh, we went to that part, that gathering, there was dancing and music and drinking, and uh, Little did we know that uh, it was kind of an insider party, and uh, we were quickly labeled as outsiders, and uh, it became apparent that we really shouldn't be there. And uh, as we got into our people carrier vehicle, started heading out, uh, a mob kind of formed around our car, and uh, they were carrying sticks and bats, and uh, pretty soon they started beating on our car and broke the windows out. It was uh, where did this come from? How is this happening? It was nightmarish. Uh, but we managed to get uh, away from that place. And uh, we drove just a few miles and pulled over on the side of the road and kind of spent the night in a little pullout. You know, this is like those uh, horror films, according to Geico. What do people do in horror films? They make bad decisions. And uh, we should have just kept driving home, but instead uh, pulled off. The, I won't tell you what happened at the end of the story, uh, but I, I remained alive, apparently. You know, it's, uh, it's that kind of nightmarish night that Paul is saying is almost over. And uh, whatever pain, whatever suffering, whatever oppression, whatever loss, uh, whatever negativity, uh, the darkness that we've all experienced and lived in, uh, Paul is saying, look, that's passing away. Uh, there are hints everywhere that this new kingdom that we've been transferred into, the kingdom of light, uh, according to Paul's own words, uh, it's happening. And we can choose, we can choose to, to remain uh, in the kingdom of darkness, or we can choose to live toward that kingdom of light. And so uh, Paul, he goes on, he says, so then, uh, waking up, reorienting, moving towards the kingdom that God has initiated through Christ. Let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. And, uh, you know, uh, again, when I read about the deeds of darkness and the armor of light, I'm not sure all that those things mean, but I know one is uh, good and one is not so good. Uh, maybe a good way to look at it would be... Uh, you know, your state-of-the-art walk-in closet. And of course, not like mine, uh, yours is impeccably managed and ordered and clean. And uh, you walk in and on one side of your walk-in closet, you have a clothing and it's all the deeds of darkness. And uh, this would be things like, uh, well, don't take my thoughts on it. You could take Paul's thoughts from his letter to the Romans. Uh, the deeds of darkness would be things like judging and condemning others, uh, judging others for their, their faith practices, uh, presuming upon the kindness of God because of what we believe and not what we do, 
uh, getting stuck in destructive habits, uh, mistreating others, and expecting to have God's favor remain on us. All of those would be included in what Paul calls the deeds of darkness. And then we have the armor of light on the other side of our walk-in closet. Uh, these would be uh, truths uh, like no one is justified before God. All have been lost in their sin. And while I was dead and my sins and trespasses, Christ died for me. Uh, if God did not withhold his own son, will he not freely give me all things with him? I'm no longer a slave to sin as Paul will uh, take us through in Romans 6 and 7. I can now live as a slave to God. I can present my body and my life to him as worship. I can be transformed by the renewing of my mind and actually live out the good and perfect will of God. Uh, by the Spirit of God, I can cry out, Abba, Father, the most intimate expression of belonging. And in all the things I go through in life, I can approach them as a conqueror. If God is for me, who can be against me and what can separate me? From his love and uh, Paul is basically saying look uh, because the day is arriving dawn is here it's time to put aside the deeds of darkness it's time to quit living in those realities and it's time to put on the armor of light and so he he continues this exhortation verse 13 let us behave decently as in the daytime not in carousing and drunkenness not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves. Choose from this side of your walk-in closet. Clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of your flesh. And so as we begin this uh, series through this amazing letter where uh, Paul uh, pulls back the curtain on the nature of God, the values of God, the priorities of God. And he invites us, he invites us to set the sail of our hearts, to become dawn treaders in the truest sense of the word, to aim at this kingdom that we know has come through the person of Jesus. We know it's unfolding. We can point to things in our lives that are evidences of that kingdom. And though it is not fully here yet, we know its arrival is certain, and we are living toward that. As we conclude uh, with prayer, uh, I want you to just hear uh, some of uh, the heart of Don Treaders uh, revealed in the book of Hebrews. It's in that great chapter uh, of faith, Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, here's what uh, the writer says about these followers of Christ. Uh, they were looking for a city with foundations, whose architect and builder was God, Hebrews 11.10, uh, and then 11.13. Uh, All of these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive things that were promised. They only saw them, and they welcomed them from a distance. See, they were dawn treaders. They saw the rising of God's kingdom, and they aimed at it. They moved toward it. They welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers here on earth. Uh, in verse 14, uh, people who uh, live their lives this way are looking for a country of their own. If they'd been thinking about the country they had left, they would have opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. 
Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Uh, see, there's a destination. There's a place. It's the kingdom of light. It's away from the dominion of darkness, and it's toward uh, the kingdom of his beloved son. And then later in the, the letter to the Hebrews, the writer will say, uh, you've come to Mount Zion. You've come to the city of the living God. You've come to the heavenly Jerusalem. You've come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. You've come to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. And then finally, this exhortation uh, from Hebrews 12, verse 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom, we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and with awe. Would you pray with me? Uh, Father, thank you uh, for who you are. Thank you for the revelation of your heart uh, that though uh, we like sheep had gone astray, that uh, your heart longs uh, for people to be restored to you. Uh, and Lord, we just want to thank you today for the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, thank you, Jesus, that you came to bring the kingdom of God, uh, to open up uh, the resource of God, the love of God, the forgiveness of God to the least of us. And uh, Lord, thank you for your promise that anyone who calls on your name uh, will experience salvation, will be brought out of uh, their own darkness and brought into the kingdom of your beloved son and and maybe you're hearing these words today and you're thinking you know i've never really done that i've never called upon jesus to bring me out of my darkness and bring me into his kingdom but i want to do that i would encourage you just say a prayer like this lord jesus thank you i believe you are the revelation of god I believe you are the light that has come into the world. And I want to thank you that right now your light is coming into my heart. Uh, I'm seeing you in a way I never have before. I'm seeing God revealed in you. And uh, I want to ask you uh, to make me among those uh, who are rescued, who've been brought out of the dominion of darkness into the kingdom that uh, you rule in love. And I want to begin to live toward that kingdom. And I pray that... Uh, you would wake me up. You would stir me out of my slumber and allow me to see that uh, a new day is here. A dawn is coming and uh, I can be about the things that you are about. And Lord, we just thank you for your faithfulness that you will complete the good work you've begun in each one of us. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.